Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Keith Arthur and welcome aboard the Strange Boat Podcast. I'm really excited to be joined by a shipmate who can perform every part of their chosen branch of the sport to a much higher level with far greater expertise and success than I could ever hope to achieve. Anne Woodcock is primarily a salmon angler who makes what to me are the most complex and difficult cast look simple. She also knows exactly what to do when the line mysteriously tightens, which makes me very envious. And welcome aboard. Oh, thank you, Keith, for having me today. And uh, that, that's very sweet of you, those uh, lovely words you said about me. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I, I don't butter people up unless it's worth it. Um, oh. <laughs> it. It's back to the beginning a bit. What was some fishing something you took to from a very early age? How did you get into it? Oh, well, I'm one of these people that actually didn't start fishing um, till I was, uh, well, in, in, in my 20s. But uh, it was sort of a byproduct because uh, I used to scuba dive and uh, we used to go scuba diving off the off the Cornish wrecks. And it was a byproduct waiting for the, the sea to drop to actually do your next cast. Well, not next cast, next dive. So and then about... 12, 12, 14 years ago, um, I actually, I was at a stage in my life where I thought, mm, this is not a good time. And, and a, a Northumbrian water bill popped through my letterbox with their little booklets that said, come along and go fishing. And I haven't seriously looked back since. That's incredible. That, that, that one little publicity shot got you yeah. from under the water looking into it to on top of the water thinking hoping you could see into it wishing you could see into it and do you know Keith I still remember sitting on at uh, Dermot Reservoir in the northeast of England and actually looking at these four chaps on this this the stretch of grass and and actually getting the courage to get out of the car and, and walk to to them um, and and Clive was the the instructor, and and genuinely, um, I have a lot to thank uh, Northumbrian Water, um, and I have seriously, I haven't looked back. That's amazing. Now, now we, we've been to Cornwall, mm-hmm. we've been to Northumbria, but we've had this conversation before. You're pretty close to being a Stokey, aren't you? I'm a Stokey bird, Keith. I'm a Stokey bird. And I was actually at the weekend at the British Fly Fair. And if anybody um, wants to know about the British Fly Fair, just just it's it's on um, second weekend in February. And it, it really is a must to go to the I was. Obviously, as I said, I was there at the weekend and on the Saturday, which is encouraging news, they've actually had their best ever attendance of the show. Um, and that's that's really encouraging news for the industry, isn't it? 
That really is, and it's surprising as well. I know there's been, you know, a couple of years where people have missed these things because of COVID and, and, and various things like that. But in my impression was that was going to get people out of the habit to do things like tackle exhibitions, fly fairs, all, all ideal home exhibitions even. Obviously, that's not happened with the BFFI. I know they have, you know, pretty good marketing and pretty good publicity in place and some great talent on the show. Let's not forget that bit as well. Oh, um, it's extended. It's, yeah. uh, Keith, they they certainly have one um, area with the, all the fly tyres. Uh, yeah. And they've got fly tyres from across the world attending this event. And they've now got two big areas where they've got, you can go and see the best of the best fly tying. And, you know, because you know I'm a real big thing about more women in our sport. Yeah. And it's so good to actually see women along on fly tyres row and that, that's really important and young people as well I met this young lady who was all of 12 years old and uh, I literally she's going to be um, named Florence a, a name to watch for our for the future as well that's I remember oh I don't know how many years ago it was and I don't want to to upset her by saying so but I remember meeting um, Philippa Philippa Haig when she was exceptionally young and, and now I see her on social media the quality of product that she's turning out the, the the flies that she's tying are literally for me off the scale well I I've got I'm a big fan of Philippa I'm actually known as a fishing mum because oh, uh, no. when she <laughs> when she when she started uh fishing uh I I literally I took her under under um my wing and uh, Paul Little, who's also was on Fly Tires Row. Philippa used to actually send him her flies for him to critique, and and and, um, and look at her now. She you, you couldn't actually at the show. She was like constantly. She had people around her. So uh, I was I'm just so pleased and proud. So and and she's also a good angler as well. So she she loves a trout fishing. She loves a grayling fishing. I just need to get her converted to salmon. But she has been salmon fishing. Well, <laughs> adapted, maybe not converted, but adapted. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And we'll have to get you out again as well. <laughs> yeah, chance would be a fine thing. But you're you're right. Yeah, I've I've um, I've still only ever um, in in real life caught one proper salmon. Um, but. What a oh, fish! Yeah, <laughs> on the on the right day, on the fly, with the right people there, and a camera. Who could ask for more? Well, and also, I, I don't think uh, people really do need to know that it just happened to be on the stretch of water where Miss Ballantyne yeah. caught um, that fish. Um, by the way, last year, hundredth year anniversary yeah, of the, the, the Miss Ballantyne's fish. You don't know, yeah, Georgina Ballantyne. Gillied by her father. And how long oh. did they fight the fish for? Two hours, was it? It was oh, it, it was, was a huge time. fight. Anyway, on tackle that was available in those days. Not too different from the stuff that's available today and the way it works, but not made out of wood, made out of carbon fibre now, and not made out of silk and horse hair and goodness knows what. But, yeah, an, an incredible, an incredible angling achievement. And still, and still... The champion of the world. Still the biggest Atlantic salmon ever caught on modern line. And do you remember when um, I remember standing by the bargey stone and uh, we put, uh, what did we put on? It was like a little black. Oh, Stoat's tail. Yeah. And you, you, you had Jot Monteith with you. Yep. And it was, we'd, you'd literally, uh, you'd started off the morning, you thought you were a mountain goat. Yes. That was up on Upper Kinnaird, going down, a rock, literally on the rocks. Um, and then we went down to see Andy on New Tile. Um, and then it was down to um, Glendalvin. Um, and it was sort of like the last cast of the day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and, but it looked right, didn't it? There was that... The flow gradually increased in depth, <gasps> gradually increased towards the far bank. And I had to sort of, by some miracle, get, and it wasn't a difficult cast, I've got to be fair, get that fly into sort of what, as a course angler, I'd call the crease. 
on the far bank, and just as it started to swing round, I had to tap, tap, tap. I had the presence of mind not to tighten, just to let go of the line, let it go right onto the reel, let the reel do that first few clicks against the drag until the line was really tight, and then just tighten it from my end. And and from then on, it was hands folded together in prayer and hoping that it came in. And it did. I was only looking at a picture the other day. There was a lot more of me than there is now. But it was, uh, I, I remember chasing it down the river, sort of paddling through the water after it in my, my, my waders. And uh, I don't know who was the happiest when I got it on board, whether it was you, whether it was Jock, whether it was the crammer crew that had suffered or me. But uh, the, the picture shows it was all of us, actually. <laughs> It was so exciting just to, to actually, and I think the thing with, with salmon fishing is that that take, the, when the fish turns <laughs> and then you know your hook is set and the fish just goes off back down, up downstream and that 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 fight and the the excitement inside and especially when you're actually doing it for camera as well because yeah. we knew we'd got a program for sky tight lines as well so somewhere under this pile of debris behind me is a box with a multitude of caps in and in that mm-hmm. box is a sky sports cap with all the flies mm-hmm. i used that day stuck in the brim <gasps> including the stoat's tail and that was i think it was 12 years ago i think it was 2011 yeah, yeah. We did that. And, I think uh, it was twenty eleven. And then the following day you lost a you lost a biggie. Yeah. You lost a big fish the following day. Yeah. That was on um Balathi beat with David Godfrey. Right. And I managed to catch a fish as well. Yeah. So that was quite that that was quite nice that was because at least I was we were one one. Oh, yeah, and I actually caught another fish as well as you went zooming off downstream. Um, And I was actually fishing that area where you lost that fish. And I actually caught another fish. I I don't want to remind you on that one, Keith. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, there's nothing competitive about me, you know. (laughs) I can't can't remember what what was that, the the bit you caught the fish from. I'm trying to think of the name of the pool. Yeah, the, the for anglers that um, fish the Tay, um, it was the, the, the well, basically it was the beat just below Isle of Mouth, um, and yep. it's uh, Balathi um, beat where the bridge is. Yep. Um, and honestly, all all I can say is for me, watching you from the bankside in the boat with that fish on. And then the next minute, just sitting there going, what happened? Yeah. That was, yeah. oh, but that that's salmon fishing though, isn't it? <laughs> that's it in a nutshell, yeah. And, and nobody knows how you lose them. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not a great fan of double and triple hooks. I don't think they hold as good as other hooks can, but you've got to use them because of the way to fish the fly. The hook isn't necessarily just to hook the fish, it's to make the fly fish properly as well. And... Um, yeah, it's one of those things. Some stay on, some come off, some you swear at, some you don't. That's fishing. But also as well as that but if you if you look at um the, the hooks that people are now using, they are now starting to, to go down to the doubles and the yes. single hooks as well. Yeah. And I think that's a really good thing. Um and, and people who trap fish, they can catch if you, you you're fishing in a um a, an, an area where you're likely to get salmon you'd be surprised trout anglers pick up salmon and sea trout oh, yeah. at, at the right times and they're on single hooks and they're on tiny tiny yeah. um hooks as well, well on, on the the second film we made when we were on the tweed um and struggled for a couple of days i went up was it with finn finley i went up and fished for grayling and it was really tough. There was, there'd been a lot of water in the river, but the top end was just going nice. And we were fishing behind a weir for grayling uh, on the, the, using a French, uh, French lead, a French nymph. And the first fish hook was a salmon. <laughs> there you go. On a four weight rod, four to five weight rod. And I played it for a long time. And but because we were using um, two flies, we had a sacrificial nymph and a fly we were fishing with. The, the one that wasn't in the fish mm-hmm. hooked into a rock in the weir. And that's how the fish escaped. I played it for quite a long time. And I knew I had it beat because yeah. it had gone all the way downstream to the bridge. I'd played mm-hmm. it all the way back up the river. 
and I could feel it, you know, even on that really light tackle, you can feel it. You know you're going to get it. And all I had to yeah. do was get it to turn its head and come downstream again because I made it go upstream of me. So now it's in what would be, if it was an artificial weir, be a salmon ladder. It was in the run on the far bank trying to get upstream. And I had enough power on that five-pound braking strain leader and four-weight rod to stop it going up the up the gully. And all it had to do was turn and come back. And I would have been in control then because I could have just wound it across to the near side where we could have got a net under it or tailed it or something, dragged it up the shallows, whichever, however, dragged in, a, in the nicest possible way, guided it up the shallows until it could be grabbed by its, the wrist of its tail. I knew I had it and it just started to come back and I felt it go solid. And I knew the other hook had gone into the, into the, uh, the rock, the, the, the flyer, it was the, the sacrificial one that had gone into the rock and I lost it. But I had some nice grayling. Not as big as the bloke next to me, and I held his one. <laughs> well, do you know something? The, the thing is with the tweed is um, the tweed has some absolutely fabulous grayling yeah. in its waters. Mm. And, and also as well as the trout, um, yeah. the trout on the tweed. Um, we, we've currently got a, a, a trout and grayling logbook um, for the tweed and for the eye catchment. And some of the, 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 the recatches that are reported in the, the logbook, um, it uh, certainly uh, inspires people to come fishing on the Tweed. Definitely a destination. If people haven't fished the Tweed before for trout and grayling, there's some very affordable fishing uh, and it is a must place to come and fish. How great a tradition is opening day? <gasps> well... I've, um, I've, 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 listeners might not be aware, but I um, am no longer work for Fishpal. I actually work for um, the River Tweed. And um, I had the honour this year to, uh, my boss said to me, we're doing an opening. And it's the first time in over um, 30 years that they've actually organised an opening. So uh, I sat down with my boss and uh, he said, right, he says, I want something that's like a festival. Yeah. Um, we wanted to do something that, that was different, that was new. And um, the the publicity, the, the comments, the feedback we've had about the opening and the fact that the, the river was being uh, blessed and wishing anglers luck for the start of the season um we had people on the tweed um because it was at kelso people were coming out of the shops we had shops dressing up we had 12 shops who dressed up their windows with fishing themes welcoming mm -hmm. anglers um uh, everybody you could think of covered it we had coverage over in scandinavia um we just happened to have a uh, an angler who had fished the river for gosh about 20 years on the same beat and he actually did the cast and he was there saying about the importance of coming and fishing the the river tweed because these people are actually obviously they're using a fly rod they're not spinning uh and uh yeah it really really is important uh and it's the the start of the season we're welcoming people it's important for people to share that moment with their friends um, and also as well as it's important for um, the, 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 you know, the tourism trade as well because it's been quiet. Well, I'm sure it has. But you've got sort of the perfect thing in Scotland. You ask someone what's the national dress in England and, and what is it? I don't know. Cheese, cheese cut, a cap and a silk scarf. I've, I've no, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm English London, born and bred, and I've no idea what English national dress is. But when you see a Scottish person dressed yeah. up in their mm -hmm. national dress, it is yeah. a, it, it is <gasps> a peacock amongst people, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it's got everything about it. And and if you've got someone blowing into that pig's bladder as well, well, that's that's well, not pig's bladder, oh. whatever, whichever bladder it is. You've you've got everything you want there for ceremony. Oh, we had the pipes. Oh, sure my goodness. Did. We actually had the pipe major from Coldstream um, and uh, a, a, another gentleman. And 
going up through the high street of Kelso, uh, the sound of the pipes, people walking behind, holding fishing rods. Oh, it's it's just a great sight. And it and it uh, and then going down to the river and blessing it with a a, a, a dram of whiskey. We had Glen Kinchy. Um, people do say, why are you going to bless a river with twelve year old um, single malt um, whiskey? Uh, but that's the tradition and uh, somebody doing the first cast it just it, it makes it a memorable start yeah. to the year did that 12 year old single monk start its life in the tweed though that's the important thing is you're giving something yes. back to the river mm, definitely it, it, it's not not like you bought it from Kielder or, or Chew Valley or somewhere like that this came out of the river we've converted it into something a bit different and now we're giving it back and and also as well is that the 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 hops etc they'll be grown locally as well so the water from the the river is actually for the grain i'm not I'm not an expert on whiskey at all anybody listening to this will definitely know that, <laughs> that um, is really but I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. So the, whatever the grain is, they that would have been watered by the tree. My yeah. boss is actually sitting next to me in the office and he's actually currently laughing at me. I'm sure. Because he knows that I, I know nothing about how you can make how you make whiskey. But, but can you make cocktails from it? That's the that's the important. <gasps> part, yeah. Yes. Oh yes, definitely. Well, we like it. We like a we like a, a, a cocktail with whiskey in it. Yeah. Very nice. What, what's there? Um, I mean, and this is always something with salmon fishing as well. That sometimes there just aren't any fish. It's not like you can go. Mm. I've got the Thames down the road from me, and I know yeah. that all the year round there are different kinds of fish living in the Thames, and mm-hmm. I know that you can go and catch them. And I know sometimes. Salmon come yeah. into the Thames, and I know plenty yeah. of sea trout come into the Thames, although they're, they're all accidental captures. There are very, very, very few people try to catch a sea trout from the Thames, mm. although plenty have succeeded. I've, hands up, I've, I've had a couple. One of my friends well did catch a Thames salmon wow. a few years ago. It was a Celt, not that many years ago. It was a Celt, wow. and he actually caught it from a tributary of the Thames in Kingston Town Centre, right in the middle of Kingston-upon-Thames, Fishing for mm. chub, he had seven chub and a five pound eleven ounce kelp. Fantastic, uh, and and the good thing about that is is that that kelp more than likely has spawned. Yeah. So you, the next generation, but you can you can fish for uh, salmon in the centre of Glasgow. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, you can. Yeah, and and the thing is as well that they're they're natives, aren't they? They've been there before. I mean, the, the one in the Thames, who knows, could have been descended from fish 100 years ago but they started to put they started to put um par and smolts into the Thames some years ago and then gave it up as a disaster (gasps) thinking that none had been caught but nobody had told them that they'd caught them and they'd seen them and I've seen salmon um jumping in the Thames and 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 I've seen John's caught one a few people have caught them down the years as well but sea trout uh, they're not exactly prolific but there are some days when nothing else is feeding when you are quite likely to catch a silly sea trout. And silver, beautiful bars of silver. I had one on the 18th of June 20, let's see, what would it have been, 2018 maybe? I know, it was, it was the first fish I caught that season. I was trying to catch either roach or bream and I had one bite and it was a sea trout. And, so, and how big was it, Keith? I'm not very big, 18, 19 inches maybe. Big, big enough, big enough to think. Yeah, feel like a bream. Yeah, and, it, and if it's a no. roach, it's enormous. But yeah, lovely yeah. looking fish. Yeah, we get a few of them. Here. So, but now we, we we mentioned there the opening of the Tweed. Mm. Um, here, the river season opens. Whatever the river, whatever you're fishing for, except trout. Trout opens April the first. Slightly movable feast, but April the mm. first. But course fishing starts on the 16th of june wherever you want to yeah. fish in england on a river mm-hmm. you want to fish a river of course fish 16th of june the scottish rivers the scottish salmon rivers are a little bit shrewder than that <laughs> well they have uh, opening day on several days on different rivers so you can fish the tweed opening day the tay opening day the spay open, mm-hmm. opening day the nith opening day etric opening day. all those different rivers you can fish their specific opening day and they each draw a crowd. Like on the 16th of June, I could sit and think, oh, where shall I go? Shall I go to Seven, the Trent, the Nain? It was mm. always, oh, no, I've got to make my mind up. In Scotland, not so. 
and, and also England, don't forget as well, because the time oh, yeah, course, opens yeah. up yeah. on the first, and then yeah. you've got the uh, the Eden. Eden. So there's, and you'd be surprised how many um, rivers in England have actually got um, salmon coming up them as well. Oh yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, it, it. Do you know something? The the opening of the Tay. Um, I, I love the opening of the Tay because. It's usually absolutely freezing, and um, and you're you're there. It, it it tends to now be on McClure fishing, um, and they they actually uh, work with the Tay District Salmon Fisheries Board, yep. and um, and that's where the op- the official opening is. But lots of other beats do openings up and down, which is I always think is just wonderful. But it, but you know something, Keith? It's trying to get a rod to fish. On opening really? day, because oh, yeah. um, if you on the Tay, thankfully Claire does um, up at McClure. She actually has um, she had about one hundred anglers fishing her beat, and everybody paid. I think it was something like fifteen pound, and they got uh, and all that money got donated to Angling for Youth Development, which is is great. But on the Tweed, um, you you again you were looking at uh, roundabout Kelso. You couldn't find anywhere to fish, and you were having to go further or upstream or downstream to actually get a rod to go and fish on opening day. Is there much downstream of Kelso? Salmon fishing? Because you're quite <gasps> low down there, aren't you? Oh my goodness! Downstream of Kelso for uh, uh, salmon fishing. If you look at your summer fishing, because don't forget the you know a lot of the rivers have really been impacted by the the warm summers, mm-hmm. um, and um, down on Horncliffe, Lady Kirk. Uh, Basically, Milgrade and Tillmouth, um, Tweed, Tweed, Tweed. I forgot what it's called. Apologies, I should know. Um, those beats, pedal as well. Those beats, um, the numbers of fish they're catching in August and September. I think um, uh, Lady Kirk, they they score of you know their catches for last year were round about the six hundred mark. Goodness me. That's a good number, isn't it? That's that's leads me on nicely to something else I was going to talk about. Tweed is obviously an East Coast river. I Mm -hmm. I didn't do that much in the way of geography at school. (laughs) I I know that's on the East Coast. Yeah. And I also know that on the West Coast, Mm -hmm. um, there's been lots of discussion and debate about Mm -hmm. the impact of salmon farming and and how it's um, impacting on the genetic qualities of the fish it's sort of um diluting the natural gene pool of of the west coast rivers Uh, do you notice any of that on the tweed um the the tweed are uh, are very lucky uh as a river system because they're they're one of the um the few rivers that actually well a they produce the most fish of any of the rivers in the UK. Um, and the the fish, I'm not a biologist. Can I just let you know this? <laughs> Listeners, mm-hmm. I am not a biologist at all. Um, if you want to find out about the fish on the Tweed, go and have a look on the, the website, rivertweed.org.uk. Um, but uh, no, I, d- I don't think that there's any impact to the gene pool on um, the tweed fish. Now, the tweed, you, you're working for, the, you work fish pal for quite some time and you, you, yeah. you, you put fish pal, from my perspective, into the public gaze far more than it ever had been before um, because we already had our, our sort of relationship through fishing and tight line. So I, I knew all about fish pal from there and learned more about salmon fishing from that and our days together on, on the tay and tweed. Than, than I had done before, and now you're into um, the Tweed, the Tweed Foundation. How did you? What made you decide? I don't even know what you were doing before. I can't remember. But what made you decide to get into organising people's salmon fishing lives? Well, um, how I actually got into uh, well, I, how I got a job at Fishpal was I was hosting a, a ladies charity day for casting for recovery um, because back in 2008 I started um, organizing ladies days and and I, because I wanted to give something back to the sport because um, 
it had brought me so much joy and 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 also confidence again because I'd lost my confidence and fishing gave me confidence when I was standing by the riverbank and I'd been able to cast a nice line out it made me it made me smile and that was really important and so I wanted to 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 give something back to the sport and I started doing ladies events because I know what it's like to be a beginner um, and and I wanted to work with people who were really good at what they did. So I was very lucky to have casting instructors from AAP Guy, from Gaia um, to come along and help me. And everything I did was not for profit and still is. It's all not for profit. All my ladies days are not for profit. So I was fundraising for Casting for Recovery and one of the ladies who worked for Fishpal, she came, she would, she'd come along on the day and on the Monday I got a phone call from Fishpal and they said, would you like to come in for a chat? Um, and that's how I got a job at Fishpal. There, I went in for a chat um, and the lovely thing is with the Tweed, basically 12 years later um jamie uh, my boss um he'd seen what i'd been doing on the tay because for the last year i've been working helping the tay as well and he said come in for a chat so last <laughs> september i went in for a chat and they said would you like to come and work for us and i've always 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 wanted to work on one river and because I, I, I just know that all the everything that I've done over the last 12 years to put all that energy into one river. Oh, it's just exciting. So I am very, very, very lucky. Um, and um, and yes, yeah, so I'm working for the for the Tweed, um, which the nice thing about the Tweed is, is that it's not only just it's not only salmon, there's trout. There's grayling. There's also the education aspect as well, because they've got this absolutely fantastic education room um, headed up by a, a young gentleman called Patrick. And the things he's doing when he's going out to schools and they've got, uh, you know, and everything they're, they're creating at school and how much they're learning about their local river. And then you've got um, Tweed Start, which is getting young people into fishing as well. A little bit like the Get Hooked on Fishing, but on the Tweed. Um, and that's just one of the things that they're doing here on at the Tweed Foundation. It's marvellous that you're, you're working to, to get young people into the sport. I should imagine that's easier with um, trout and grayling, although they're not so prolific in some rivers as they are in others, than it is into salmon fishing. Because I, I know there is, there's association waters that can be ridiculously cheap to fish if you can get on them and don't mind fishing eight yards apart. In some instances, I've, I've seen that on one river for myself. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't last long, and it's only that, probably one or two days a year when but that, 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 that can happen. But salmon fishing is, in its own way, I would have thought, relatively expensive and I'm, I've just said that and looked around my office and seen I don't know how many 13 foot match rods 14 foot match rods roach pole sections spinning rods um, big game sea rods jigging rods perking fly rods salmon rods I, I, I have got the lot so just <laughs> just um, one or two a, a spinning rod and a, a, a 13 or a 14 foot fly rod and a couple of lines and a few... It's not that expensive from that point of view. How how uh, available is, is salmon fishing to a rank-and-file youngster? OK. Um, you, you tend to find with, um, with, with fishing, um, well, with fly fishing, a lot of young people get into it via trout and grayling first. Um, and then they progress. Um, the Tweed does have affordable fishing and available fishing as well. Your sections of the river around Kelso, further downstream and uh, slightly upstream as well. Um, even for people like me, it's it's expensive 
and you can't get on some of the beats um so it is it is affordable because on the upper reaches of the the system you've also got the angling clubs as well um and they actually do have and 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 for anybody that's that wants to get into fishing i would actually say to them go uh, if you if you've had a guided day and you think yeah this is for me i'd go and join an angling club because you'd be surprised that that there's they do have quite a bit of water a lot of them do as well um and it's and it isn't as expensive as you think because i when you've just mentioned about your your coarse fishing rods if you're a carp angler you tend to find that you like three rods three alarms three matching every all this is matching isn't it absolutely yeah and you you spend an absolute fortune on the 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 kit um and then you you know uh, how much you're paying like bluebell lakes is about 40 50 pounds oh but that's by no means expensive these days and and the best syndicate waters you're way up into in some instances four figures you know you're, you're you're into the 12 1500 quid a year uh, on yeah. some, and, and they're the ones you know about. The ones you don't know about are probably more expensive than that because nobody yeah. knows about them. But that, that's yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, I I, I said it, and, as, and the minute I said it, I could have bit my tongue off because I knew what the answer to the question was. And and it is it is as affordable as you want it to be. And the and mm. some clubs control some fantastic waters as well because they're 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 not owned by a laird. They're not. You know, they're owned by the local village or the local town council or something, and they're rented out to the fishing clubs because, let's face it, you'd rather have kids fishing than standing outside the McDonald's throwing stones at people, wouldn't you? Yeah, and uh, do you know, I uh, Inverness Angling Club um, up up in Inverness. Um, I I I've always been inspired by by the people there because. Um, at one stage, they had 120 juniors um, members of their club. And what the reason they did is because there was people there taking the time to actually introduce people to young people to fishing. And I think I think regardless of your age um or gender, I, I I really think that if people take the time, um, and also as well as that, one thing that we've now got is social media. Um, you've got that opportunity to actually um, let people know that you've got events. Back in 2008, there really wasn't very much social media around. There was Twitter and Facebook, but not everybody was using it. Um, whereas now you've got a lot of, um, you know, that, there's a lot of opportunities for you to actually promote your events. Mm-hmm. So I think I think really we should be getting because with my ladies fishing, I I found that I had ladies coming along, and they were then going and introducing their grandchildren or their nieces and nephews to fishing, um, and that's 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 something that we all should be encouraging more. You know, people of all ages to try fishing. Tell me a little bit more about ladies fishing. We've touched on it a couple of times, but I know um, right from the very beginning, before we knew you as Anne from Fish Power, we knew you as Anne from Ladies Fishing. Um, mm. did, uh, and you, you told us why you did it. How's it? How's it getting on there? How, how? How is it? Is it continuing to function? Is it still a, a valid um, part of your life? Well, it, it, yeah, it's, it's it's still a valid part of my life. Um, like with like with a lot of things, um, COVID had an impact on it. But um, last year, I was able to do some ladies' events on the Tay, and this year we will be hosting ladies' events in the Scottish Borders to get more and more. And do you know something, Keith? There's a lot of women go fishing in the Scottish borders. Um, sure. I've gone and I've gone and joined a syndicate um, because I thought, oh gosh, it, it means that I get a chance to go fishing. Because people thought working for Fishpal, I was going fishing every week. That was <laughs> far from the truth. I was actually looking at a computer screen every week. Um, but uh, so I've joined a, a syndicate, and 
I was quite surprised at how many ladies were in the syndicate as well. So uh, yes, I'm I'm just putting some events together with um, uh, owners on the on the river, and the all the again everything I do at Ladies Fishing it's not for profit. It's um, and it it is all for charity. So the events will be for the Tweed Foundation, and basically to get not only to get more people into fishing but also as well is for the um, conservation work they're doing here at the Tweed Foundation which is really important especially with the as everybody knows the number of salmon that um, you know the, the salmon catches of uh, are dwindling so we need to do as much as we can to take care of the fish that are in the river system. How can people find out about ladies fishing? Give us Facebook. Oh, yeah. Well, well, just look for my name and Woodcock. Ladiesfishing.co.uk or come on to the the rivertweed.org.uk because it'll be on there. It'll be on the River Tweed. So we're going to be putting the 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 events on there as well um because it, it's important that we get uh, for me it's all about getting communities out people being aware that you can go fishing that it's accessible and i think we've sort of lost that that um because there's so many different things that you can do um, and, and people get bombarded and parents get bombarded with all these different activities, fishing tends to be, because it's not fast moving, it's not really, um, you know, you, you though David Beckham does go fishing, um, you don't sort of see David Beckham with a fishing rod do you um so i think it's sort of fallen off the radar but the mental health benefits of going fishing for everybody um you you know it's one of those sports that really is not only it's a great family activity but also it's good for the mind and soul even being by the water any water is good it's good for you for you and especially in this this current climate we live which is so fast um being by the river is is such a good thing isn't it it's a long time ago since we last spoke spoke about anything how are you getting on with trout fishing you you were just sort of getting really into it last time we spoke well i got out of it um <laughs> Oh, actually, well, actually, that's, that's what we talk about now. <laughs> no, no, don't worry, don't worry, because I was chatting to Philippa Hake on yeah. Sunday, and she said to me, "She says we need to get you back out trout fishing." Um, I, I, I've got all the gear and no idea, though. Uh, though I have been very lucky because when I started trout fishing, I. And and everything that I do, it always goes back to this. I, I I try and get lessons. So I was actually taught by some really good people, um, Paul Proctor, yeah. um, uh, and and also I, I had lessons off um, Lee Cummings as well for the single-handed rod. Um, and I actually did some saltwater fishing uh, with Lee Cummings um, over in. Uh, because he's over by Salafield, there's like a a, a mullet festival. Oh yeah, and Ooh. yeah, and Lee was guiding, so we were like casting. With my finger, my hands moving now, single handed casting for mullet, um, literally outside Salafield. That was an experience, um, and seeing these fish coming in, and you're like crawling across on your on literally on your stomach. Um, just to be able to have that opportunity to cast for them. Absolutely amazing, yeah. amazing. But I've got a story about Mullet. Um, I was sitting in a boat with a boatman and uh, he was he, he, he was actually ex-military and he'd done time in the Falklands. And the, uh, the captain of the ship said, we've seen a, a section of where the, the Falklands, he says, we've seen a section and... and there's a there must be loads of salmon there so the, all these white silver fish he said loads and loads of salmon he says what we're going to do he says we're going to drop you because you are an angler and your friend that well his colleague um we're going to drop you off onto this island you're going to go fishing for them 
and then we're going to have salmon. This is on the you know, warship. And uh, he, he said he, he got there, dropped them off, got there. They started catching them and they were actually mullet. <laughs> huge, huge mullet. Um, so for so uh, when he came back, he said, oh, I'm sorry, you've actually got mullet. And I was there thinking, because with, with mullet... They are really old. Like a five-pound mullet is something like, is it like 15 years old or something well, yeah, like that? Yeah, they're very slow growing. And, and you realise why when you try and catch the bloody things because they don't oh. like eating bait, do they? What? I've, I've never, ever encountered such mm. tricky fish. They make crucian carp and dace look like easy pickings. I mean, they are, they are just incredible. In fact, I've got someone, like you probably know, John Owen. He, he actually mm-hmm. tied me some um moss impersonating moss imitating flies they're just like little very fine threads of marabou on a light hook that i could cast next to a wall where mullet Mm -hmm. were grazing on 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 the weed i mean they eat damn chips in padstow harbour but you you try try going there and catching one I, i i have caught a couple but i've seen shoals of them coming up i've seen them on the hampshire avon come up in in hordes and I've tried to catch him down there with with a real expert Trev Harrop and failed to almost the brink of wanting to chuck all my tackle into the river but yeah and they call them the poor man's bonefish yeah honestly I wouldn't be calling them that because I'm I've I've been lucky to I've had I've caught two, mm-hmm. um, and as you you, know, it's, you actually know how many mullet you've caught two, mm, yeah. <laughs> and, and the so other weird thing is everywhere else you, everywhere mullet are like pigeons, everywhere mm. you go in the world there are mullet, and the yeah. only place is is here in the UK where they're not bait. Yeah. Everywhere else you go and catch mullet to catch snook marlin. Um, not so much sailfish, but um, group of wherever, wherever you, any of the flats fish, the, the shallow water fish. Oh, we're going to catch some bait. And they're going to look. Oh, there's some there. Out comes a cast. It in come twenty mullet. You can go and buy them. They're like three or four dollars each, and, and yeah, just for bait. The, the, wow. One of the second person I've second guide I ever fished with in the Florida Keys in in 1992 was Butch Hewlett, whose AKA was the Mullet Man. Because as well as being a fishing guide, he caught mullet for bait and sold them. It didn't have the haircut. No, 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 no. That wasn't the reason, no. But it, it's amazing because they fight like stink. Yeah. Maybe it's because they're too difficult to catch on rotten line that people mm. in those countries think they're not worth it. Another reason could be that, that in, in many countries they live around stink pipes. If you want to go and catch a mullet, go to the nearest sewage outflow and it will be full of them. Maybe that's another oh, reason. But yeah, they are the most one of the most sporting fish in the world. And, and that's from someone who's caught more bonefish than he has mullet. Yeah, it's, it's and uh, well, I, I think we should be doing more of it in the UK yeah, because uh, it, it is great sport. Yeah, and, and they're everywhere. So you, you trout fishing, you, you will have to go with Philip because she goes to some um, some very urban trout mm. and grayling fishing she's got, doesn't she? And, yeah. and, and, and she loves it and she takes some fabulous photo, beautifully marked fish beautifully marked fish um and 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 where she fishes now i know from years ago that that virtually no fish live there because it's part of, in a former life my first ever job was learning how to fit carpets and where she fishes a lot of the time where she close to where she fishes was one of the biggest tufted carpet factories in britain and really? whatever color they were dying that day that was the color mm. of the river and, and, and grayling, trout are pretty sensitive, grayling are uber sensitive. And, and now there's, there's plenty of them in the river, which is a, a real sign of how it's, how it's come on. You, you still might catch a moped wheel, um, but there's, there's still, it, it's, it's a wonderful um, way that the river's recovered. So um, now the, the, the Tweed Foundation, you're into the season now. Is, is, has there been any water? Has there been any fish? Well, I, I ask if there's been any water. Probably there's been tons of it, but there's been none. We've not had a drop of rain for 17 days. And, um, and, and I know that, the, uh, that salmon are dependent on water. You, you've got beets either where you need a lot or where you need none. But uh, I know without the water, there aren't, there aren't any salmon. Well, on the Tweed, they've had so far this month um, 25, which mm-hmm. is actually better than any of the other rivers in, in Scotland, or actually in the UK. So um, they're actually, they've had a good start. Um, I know that 
Junction last year, um, which is like one of the in Kelso, it's one of the premier beats on the river system of the Tweed. They actually had their best spring last year. So who knows what it's going to be like? But um, I don't know. I don't know what the final count is for last year's. But um, I know that the, the the Tweed system actually did the, the best out of anywhere else in the UK. So, yeah. It, it's but, also probably the branch of the sport where... Fishing actually means much more than catching. Mm. The, the, the fishing part of it is so much of the aesthetic pleasure of being able to lay a line out properly, learning the different casts. I still can't do the circle sea, but I can do a reasonable spay off both shoulders. But that, that once I'm, if I had a bit of practice, would get me out in the river and, and in a position to catch fish. But um, just watching some of the techniques and, and realising the skill... It, it, I suppose it's a bit like a golfer being on the driving range. He knows there's no hole, but he wants to do the best possible drive. And I know in salmon fishing that that, that there are, are times when there, there literally isn't a hole. Well, the, the, with with salmon fishing, when when you go salmon fishing, it it is totally is a, a, an experience. So you've got from on the tweed, you could be sitting in a boat. And the boats on the Tweed are completely different than anywhere else because you're sitting on a like a a, a, a mushroom that moves. Um, yeah, it's not one of the best. I I'm I'm not a great one for it, but but also as well is um, and I'm going to come back to this about boats. Um, yeah, the boatman is going to try their best to put you on to where the best part of the you know on that 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 that. The better, the best part of where the the stream is, where you've got a chance of catching a fish, but the lunches are really important as well. So you've got that whole experience of, you know, fishing, having a, a really good lunch with your friends, and then going back out fishing again. And it's a, there's a real great experience of uh, on you know salmon fishing, but. Going back to the Tweed, the Tweed actually had two wheelie boats. So the oh, wheelie sure. boats, yeah. yeah, and the they, they actually they're the only um, river that for salmon that actually has wheelie boats. Just tell me what uh, a wheelie boat is for those who don't know. Well, yeah, um, the the wheelie boat trust, which uh, is run by Andy Beadley, who is an absolute, you know legend um if you uh are unable to actually get into a boat if your mobility is not that great um you can actually get it the the boat actually has uh, the back bait drops down and you are actually able to walk on to the actual boat to sit on sit there and actually have somebody rowing you out to the river system so it just means that if you um have a a, a problem with your mobility on the tweed there's actually two wheelie boats not all of the beats actually um can actually take a wheelie boat but the other thing that the tweed have been doing as well is that um it is it's it's getting people to so if you you book a wheelie boat they'll actually drop it off to the um to the beat and they'll also get you somebody to actually row the boat as well for you Mm. um and it it's all about again accessibility as well um and the tweed's the only river system that can actually offer this wheelie boats whereas when you look at the tay um because you sort of it, 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 it's it's a slightly it's a bigger boat. Launching um, systems, there's, there's not many that many spots you, to launch them on rivers like the Spay and the and the Tay and and the Dee. They're all a bit mountainous, which is why you have to learn spay mm. cars. You're fishing in a flipping tunnel, uh, usually a cleft in a hill or or in in middle of pine forests and stuff. And and there's not always not a nice slipway, is there? Not a nice boat ramp like there is in off off every bridge in Florida. There's a boat ramp. There's none of those. Mm. Not many of those in Scotland. So you know that's yeah. that's interesting because obviously. 
um, people with disabilities should be entitled to go fishing as much as they want to as well. And if they need that kind of, of accessibility, I know the Wheelie Boat Trust does a fantastic job. Oh. And, and every, every so often I see that here's our new one being launched and here's mm. this. And yeah, that, yeah, that's wonderful. And and we on the Tweed, we'd like more people to actually use them as well. I'm so because sure. um, it, it, it's really important that people have that accessibility so uh, yes yeah, so it's, it's really important really, it's really, really impo- important really important so yes yeah, so anybody who's coming to fish the tree that um you know they they're gonna they may struggle to to get into the the normal boat we do have wheelie boats on the tree what, what's what's next on your your list of things what, what would you most like to do you, you've done a bit of um a bit of sea fishing with a fly. What about? I don't know. You, you wouldn't necessarily be uh, spay casting for them. You got any um, thoughts about maybe catching a nice fish from somewhere warm? Well, Scotland's not the warmest place in the world. <laughs> it was last summer. You had some good, good. I know. Yeah, good, last summer. <laughs> the, the, uh, I fancy going to Spain. I really fancy oh, going yeah. um, to because you can get salmon in Spain. Mm. Um, and also as well is the trout fishing mm. and I, um, and around about uh, the Cordoba, Granada area I, I really fancy going um, to, to Granada and walking up like the mountains and just mm. fishing for the really the little lock style of, oh yeah well, the little I, I fish the Rio Frio um, Have you? Near Granada, yeah. But I, I didn't like the way, the way they sort of laughed at me when I pitched up with a conventional fly rod because they yeah. used like, the, the, their classic style is a long rod, um, uh-huh. four, 13, 14, 15 feet, with mm-hmm. um, a fixed ball reel and a bubble float with oh, um, a fly okay. tied beneath it and they trot the fly down down the stream like that. So, yeah, I, um, I did catch a couple of rainbows, big Blooming great big things as well, mm. but we were fishing quite close to the hatchery. <laughs> okay, but no, <laughs> not in, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't cheating. I wasn't actually fishing in the flipping hatchery. I was, yeah. but it's, it's a fantastic river because it, it's called the Rio Frio because it's flipping freezing, and everywhere around it most definitely isn't freezing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that's just come into my mind. I'd forgotten all about that until you mentioned mm. fly fishing in Spain. A, 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 another friend of mine, Andy Lush, he catches a lot of um, barbel on the fly. <sighs> From Oranana and places that's from the big dammed up mm. sections of river, and that's that's different gravy as well. But that'd be nice, and it, it would be. Although if you paddled in the water, you wouldn't know it was uh, it was that warm in in Spain. But it's uh, I suppose it counts as warm water rather than uh, saying, oh yeah, I want to go and fish for bonefish in the Bahamas or sailfish yeah. in the Maldives or something like. That. But but that's very achievable, Spain. I'm sure mm. you'll be able to do that. And, well, and, and how about your own fishing? Well. Um... I've got a syndicate rod on the tweed, which, uh, so that was affordable as well, by the way. Um, so I'm going to go to Beamerside, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, and actually, just for me, because I can actually tie my own flies and um, just, just get taking a step back and actually doing some more fly tying um and 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 actually just doing a little bit more river fishing whether it's you know go out with philippa because she she has said i need to come out the only thing is with going for trout fishing is that i'm useless at striking and the reason i'm useless at striking is because i don't want to get into habit of striking for salmon because they don't come along very often don't strike don't, don't when stri- when the line goes tight just pull the line yeah well you're, m- yeah. you're more likely to pull the hook out of their mouth by you know, the, 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 the zorro type strike just just tighten the line they're, they're, they don't come off very often they're, have they're, you seen paul proctor fish have you seen paul proctor fish he's like he's, honestly he'll sit there and watch them and then that the speed that they, they, they strike like hook that's it and he's got like a four five pound trout and he uh, trout on the end of his line another beauty that uh he's uh he's, he'll be picked he'll be posting on social but uh no, i wouldn't know i'd missed it though see i wouldn't know that not bothered see, I, I, when they yeah. pull when they pull i pull back if they don't pull i don't pull simple 
Simple, simple. I know. Yeah, <laughs> that that's why that's why I blanked when I fished with him, because he was literally going, "And you're going to have to strike." And I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! I don't affect my salmon fishing. Salmon don't come along very often." But yeah. I love. Do you know something? I love the when a salmon turns when you know you've got them they've taken that hook and you've got that turning and and i you can envisage it in your in your mind as that fish is moving and that i think that's the the pleasure i get from salmon fishing so i'll be i love salmon fishing by the way (laughs) i I didn't and you seem quite keen on the tweed as well (laughs) Oh, I love that. Oh, do you know, there's people out there going, how on earth has she managed to do this? I am just so, so lucky. So oh, yeah. lucky. Yeah. yeah. I think all of us that go fishing um, out of out of um, the reasons why we do it, I think we're all just very, very lucky. And, and, and yeah. I, I sometimes feel for people that have never been and say, ah, I couldn't do that. Well, you can, trust me. Listen, Anne. It's been fabulous talking to you. Really a great pleasure. I'm so glad you were able to join me. Thank you so, so much. And um, I hope it's not as long next time between our conversations, and I'm sure it won't. Come fishing on the tweet. I'll have to go to Coldstream with my stick floats and catch some roach and dace. (laughs) Oh, great, great. We'll catch you down in Coldstream. Coldstream Angling Association, definitely a place to go and fish. There you go. I only had to say the word, didn't I? I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Anne. Oh, take care, my lovely. What a great lady to listen to. We could have gone on for hours. And she's inspired me to dust off my double-handers instead of double entendres. Anne Woodcock, you're a diamond. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Strange Boat podcast, and I'll be back soon with another crewmate. But from me, Keith Arthur, for now, it's cheers and tight lines. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.